there's an official rating for Deadpool 3? Video stores are finally dead for good? Chris Evans is coming back to the MCU? All this and more on today's Wesley Snipesiest, Xboxiest, Jack Kirbyist episode of Nostalgia Cast. Welcome to Nostalgia Cast, your weekly roundup of the best and most up-to-date nostalgic news, where we discuss the stories and give our thoughts. Let's take a look back into our childhoods through the lens of modern pop culture with your hosts, Andrew Price, Dad Beats, aka Kirk Pinchon, and sometimes Tyler Palo, but not today. Kirky. Let me tell you, I don't know why, but for some reason today, those hand claps hit me hard. Just now? Just now. I don't know. I mean, I've heard that song multiple times, but the hand claps in the song, I was like, God damn. Oh, yeah. Yeah, those those hit hard today. I mean, sometimes sometimes they hit you more than other times. Sometimes Sometimes you need the hand claps. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I mean, t- today especially, we're we're sitting here, we're doing the podcast. We we had to we had to wait for a smoothie to be made before we could, uh, before we yeah. could. <laughs> couldn't couldn't start this show until my daughter finished making her smoothie. It was worth it. Okay, thank you. <laughs> You're officially now on the podcast. <laughs> Damn it, Kirk. Now we have to pay her. She had a speaking line. God, this is, this she didn't know any better. This is a SAG production. <laughs> this is, yeah. Oh, no. Even Don't though, call OSHA. Even though there's no screen whatsoever. And that's like a, that's a, that's a pivotal aspect of the SAG. Exactly. In the, in the title. <clears throat> she'll uh, get it in her, she'll get it in her allowance. Yeah. Well, uh, we're, we're, we're back. Yeah, uh, we, we we missed a week again. Apologies for that, but it wasn't our fault. The world was burning. Yeah, well, the world was burning. Also, we we have our we have a scheduled time in the week where we record the show. We record the show on Thursdays, and it's kind of like the day that fits where we can do it. And uh, unfortunately, last Thursday, I got robbed. <laughs> yeah. Like no joke, like not a bit. You got, yeah. you got hijacked. Yeah, we we didn't we didn't re- we didn't get to record because I got robbed. It's the first time I've ever been burglarized in my entire life, including growing up living with my family. Never once have I been burglarized. And uh, we I, I we woke up on that Thursday morning to uh, an alert that somebody had attempted to buy something for thirty eight hundred dollars at Best Buy on uh, on my credit card, and we. We eventually realized that somebody had broken into our car where we had just um, accidentally, unfortunately, in the in a twist of bad luck, left all of our credit cards and IDs in the car that night. And uh, somebody broke in and stole everything. Um, Do you not and, have a driver's license then? No, we had to we had to put like a fraud alert on our on our IDs. Wow. They got, they got like, that was, that was really the bad part. The the credit cards weren't a big deal because yeah. we just, we just canceled them in, 
anything that they bought was either blocked or we got the money back if there was like a small purchase or whatever. So that was that yeah. actually wasn't a big deal. Um, it was really the fact that they stole our driver's licenses. So now we have to like re get those and put a fraud alert on our on our IDs and stuff. Uh, that's crazy. There's another DeAndre Price out there. Yeah, just posing Causing as havoc. me, going and getting into fights with people about how pineapple doesn't belong on pizza just besmirching my name that's right that that other deandre hates jelly donuts mm-hmm. yeah he's like neg nega deandre yeah oh my god and and really just doesn't care about um japanese animation yeah yeah <laughs> he just he just loves ken's ken burns documentaries and that's it <laughs> loves ken Burns documentaries and is really into college football Yep. Uh, yeah. So I was dealing with that, so we didn't record. But uh, yeah. it's it's all good. It wasn't that that big of a deal. Just a minor inconvenience. Um, and the lesson learned: if you leave your stuff in your car, roll your windows down, so it makes it easier for people to steal it. Yeah. Yeah. If you're gonna if you're gonna do it, go all the way. Yeah. Put a Be few inviting. signs up. Yeah. Put a few signs up. <laughs> stuff in here. Take. Yep. Yep. Um. But how how how's how's your how's your last couple of weeks been going? Oh man, let me tell you, it's just every day is a, is a new smoothie. Yep. I, 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 wish, I wish that was the case. I wish that every day when I woke up there was just a different smoothie of the week. <laughs> it's a little bit like that, yeah. So uh, we got a Vitamix for Christmas, so we've been using because we have nothing else to do in our lives because we're in quarantine and. One in three people in Los Angeles County have COVID, apparently. Yeah, I just saw that too. Yeah, right. Uh, we're just uh, we're hitting the smoothies hard. I I'm a little envious. I mean, we we, we do mean, make we do make smoothies, but they're like smoothies that are made for our young kids. So they're like they're I mean they're not bad. They're perfectly good, but they're really just like trying to like trick a child into eating vegetables. So yeah, exactly. They're just like, they're, they're, they're not, I, I just, I wish we could, I wish we could, uh, we could spice up the smoothies. Your, your smoothies are stepped on. My smoothies are uncut. hundred percent. Yeah. Uh, well, let's, let's, let's get right into these stories. Um, let's do it. so, uh, we, we, we've got, we've got no industry news this week, uh, but we do have a little bit of. Pop culture news, pop culture news. When you hear it, you won't have the blues because it's pop culture news, pop culture news. You know that you will be more informed after this pop culture news. Who's do and who do gurus? That, that a little is, bit of the B-52 that is a, you've that's the, you've gone deep that's a deep cut you've gone <laughs> deep. deep yeah i mean i'm only commenting on what you're giving me and you're yeah. getting you gave me a deep cut mm-hmm. so uh we we've we've talked about this off and on uh in the last several episodes um kind of since since disney acquired fox uh, over the last mm-hmm. couple of years, uh, one of the biggest areas of concern with people 
is what's happening with Deadpool? What's going to happen with Deadpool owned by Disney? That's Brought the biggest MCU. concern. And uh, we, we heard a lot of conjecture. We heard the creator of Deadpool, Rob Liefeld, saying that he didn't think they were ever going to make a Deadpool 3 because he thought it was pretty much dead in the water. He thought that, you know, Disney didn't care about Deadpool. It wasn't part of their plan. So it was essentially just going to go away. And then we were got confirmation that that wasn't the case and that they were making a Deadpool 3. Uh, and we I think the last time we talked about it, they had like directors and writers attached, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. And uh, now we now we've and now we've gotten the final puzzle piece in the concern for the transition from Fox to Disney for Deadpool. It's confirmed that the MCU Deadpool three is going to be rated R. Didn't we call that months ago? Yeah, I said I said yeah. it and I said it in the very beginning. Everybody, including Rob Liefeld, the creator, were like, oh, Disney's going to release some like butchered PG-13 Deadpool. It's not going to be the same or they're not going to make it. They don't care about Deadpool. And from the very beginning, I said Deadpool was before Joker. Deadpool was the highest grossing rated R movie of all time. It literally created the February hit. February yes, used to be a terrible time for movies. Yeah, February used to be when they dropped the the shit that they wanted to just sweep under the rug. It was that was that was when they would put out all the stuff that was destined to bomb. And Deadpool was the what it created the February sleeper hit. Mm-hmm. There was no way that Disney wasn't going to try to capitalize off of that. And there was no way, especially with the Joker coming out and doing as well as it did, because Disney wants to compete with that. There was no way that they were going to try to utilize this valuable asset of a huge hit rated R franchise. There was absolutely no way that they weren't going to try to utilize that as an asset. Yeah, I don't even, not to get all paranoid, but there wasn't probably not even a a question of that. No one at Disney, I can imagine, was like, well, maybe we should do PG-13 because, you know, to stay on brand. I got to think that Disney's like, you know what? No, of course it's going to be R. It was always going to be R. It wasn't even a discussion. Yeah, I think I think the only discussion that was had about this was likely whether it was going to be part of the MCU or not, or if they were going to like try to keep, create like a separate Marvel continuity that was like the Fox movies were going to just become their own side franchise or something. I don't know, but something like that might have been discussed. Yeah, like like how they did way back in the day, like a Touchstone. Yeah, exactly. That was like a so, different Disney thing. Something like that. That's the only thing I think yeah. I think was probably discussed. Yeah, I, there was no way that they were they, like you have you have the Joker that came out and made a billion dollars, most successful rated R movie ever. That's obviously a marketplace that any movie studio wants to be in. If it's if it's going to be valuable and fruitful, then any movie studio is going to want to have their portfolio for every type of market. So just because Disney is known for having making family friendly stuff, if there's a huge market for successful rated R movies that can make a ton of money, they're going to want to have a horse in that race. And they literally bought one. They bought a huge mm-hmm 
they, something that they don't even have to test or experiment with. They don't even have to like try and and make an R-rated movie to see if they can do it. They they bought a successful R-rated franchise. There was no re- there was no way that they were not going to do that. Yeah. Now, does this open the door for more R-rated Marvel for Disney? Because they're like, well, we just did it with Deadpool three. Obviously, Deadpool three is going to Deadpool three is going to be a massive hit. So now they're like, okay, we did it. We did it once. We're just going to keep doing it. We'll do some other PG thirteens. But when it's appropriate, we're going to do a bunch of rated R Marvel, and I'm here for it. Yeah, I mean that. I definitely think that that could be a distinct possibility. Whether it just remains part of the big main MCU franchise, or if they kind of do like what the comic, what comics do, or what you know, comics have done done several different versions of this in in the past, several different iterations. But something like in the '90s with the Marvel Knights label, where they had like there was a there was a specific label called the called Marvel Knights that was kind of like a darker, grittier line of comics that were sort of like a sub like label away from the main Marvel continuity and the main line of Marvel comics. And they and they do that stuff all the time, like little sub labels. Um and may and maybe Disney does that where they have like they have like the main MCU which is the Avengers, Black Panther, mm-hmm. so on and so forth. And then they have like, and then they have, I mean, they could literally do Marvel Knights and then they could just have that be like a little sub or oh, sub yeah. thing. Um, maybe they do that if, if Deadpool 3 is really successful. I could see that happening. Um, so uh, for, for, for several people in... Uh, Diff- ver- uh, particular regions in the United States, uh, this probably doesn't affect you too much because you might have not even known that they were still around because they, uh, they, they're they primarily in the Midwest. So we definitely don't have these out here in, in Los Angeles. So, uh, But certainly in the grand scheme of things, it's a, it's, it's a, it's a touchstone in the ongoing death of the classical ways of watching movies that we grew up with and are nostalgic for. But um, so if you didn't know, there uh, there have actually been uh, a, a lot of family videos across the country still going strong. They were one of the only video rental stores that had basically survived the streaming wars and were still... Um, we're we're still successful. We're still we're we're still uh, you know servicing a a uh, a huge group of customers that were still going to their stores and renting movies in person, and it was largely because back in the day, back in the eighties and nineties, as video this video store craze was really you know uh, was really bubbling up because Blockbuster had such a stranglehold over bigger cities, Family Video decided to basically um, live in the negative spaces where Blockbuster wasn't servicing. So they uh, cemented a presence in like rural areas. So you could go to Blockbuster in like bigger cities and towns and things like that. But if you were in more of a rural place, particularly in the Midwest, 
that's where the family videos would be because Blockbuster didn't have as much of a presence there. And because of that, they've actually been able to survive because they were in places where I guess people just were still wanting to go to video stores. Maybe they weren't as much into streaming and uh, who knows what the factors are, but they were they were still surviving. However, mm-hmm. COVID-19 hit them hard and um Several months ago, they announced closures of 250 of their stores. And last fall, they they announced the closures of 200 of the stores, which was roughly half of them, uh, which was which is which was a big hit for the company that was actually somewhat thriving um, despite the overarching death of rent, video rental stores. Um, and then now they've finally announced the closure of the remaining of their 250 stores. So, Family Video. You might not have even known that they were still going strong, but they, uh, they're, they're, um, they've been brought to their knees, and it looks like they're going to be uh, going away as a thing of the past. I didn't even know that family video existed. I've yeah. never heard of family. I mean, maybe just because you know, growing up in Cleveland and then living in Chicago and then LA, I, I never saw or heard of family video ever. So the fact that this small little family video chain has been able to survive since streaming is amazing in and of itself. Yeah. I, I never had, I I'm aware of family video. I've never had one. I've never been to one. Mm-hmm. Um, I've never, I've never lived in a place that had family videos. Um, whenever I was growing up in Roswell, uh, we actually didn't even have Blockbuster there. Uh, I think, I think I only wow. really, when I was growing up, I only really knew about Blockbuster from commercials. I don't think I ever went to a blockbuster as a kid. Um, we had we had Hastings, which is a which is a southwestern chain that was a uh, video rental slash book slash music store. So it was kind of like a it was kind of like a Borders mixed with a uh, mixed with a or a Barnes and Noble mixed with a Sam Goody mixed with a blockbuster. And uh, that was what I had when I was a kid. And when I moved out to California, then we, then there was Blockbusters, which I was I was well aware of Blockbuster. I think just from commercials, mm-hmm. uh, but I, I I hadn't I didn't go to one until I moved to California. And then we also had Hollywood Video. Um, yeah, we had tw- in LA. There's twenty twenty video, which was kind of big for a bit. Yeah. But uh, I've never actually seen or been to a family video, but I'm aware of them. I, I'm, I'm aware of the existence of family video. And uh, in the in the in the last episode of season three of Stranger Things, they uh, the, some of the characters, they go to a family video at the end and they they like apply for jobs. And I guess apparently family video is going to be in the f- in the fourth season of Stranger Things. Like they're going to be working at at Family Video, and actually, Family Video on their website they sell a like tie-in Stranger Things Family Video vest. Um, uh, I bet you that becomes a collector's item. Yeah, I mean it's good, it, but it, yeah, it's strange though. It's going to be strange because it's going to be Stranger Things. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. the, the company's going out of business right as this show is going to come out that prominently features them. Which you would imagine, you know, if 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 season four of Stranger Things drop Stranger Things drops, 
and they're working at family video, then that might create like a, you know, like a, like a hype for family video. And they might've experienced a, re, a, a, you know, a resurgence in popularity, but they, they've, they've, uh, they've, they gone out, they've gone out of business before that could even happen. Which Thanks is COVID. Yeah. Fucking COVID. Yeah, man. Um, but, uh, but with, with the, with the death of family video comes the life of Captain America. Nice segue. Yeah. Uh, pretty proud of that. Yeah, it was good. So it looks like despite the, 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 you know, the epic send off of Captain America, or at least, you know, Chris Evans, Steve Rogers version of Captain America in, you know, the end of, uh, in, uh, Avengers Endgame, it looks like he's apparently in a negotiation to come back to the MCU as Captain America. Um, in a move, move that is sure to rock the Marvel Cinematic Universe, sources tell Deadline that Chris Evans is cleaning the dust off his Captain America attire as he ex- uh, is expected to reprise the role in MCU in the MCU in some form. Still vague if uh, the deal is completely closed, but insiders say it's headed in that direction for Evans to return as Steve Rogers, a.k.a. Captain America, in at least one Marvel property with the door open for the second film. Um, this is this is borderlining on something that should have been in uh, Can You Go For That? Because um, it's it's kind of a rumor, but it's it's been talked about enough that it seems like maybe him returning is a rumor, but it seems like he's definitely in some kind of talks with Marvel to do something. So, which is why it's been, you know, added to just the main news, but, but take it with a grain of salt that this might never materialize. I hope not. I mean, he died. We're good. I mean, I love, I love the character. I love Chris Evans. I think he's great in it. It's okay. You don't need to cut. You don't need to keep coming back people. It's okay. You can do other work. Yeah, I mean it's it's interesting because you know obviously Marvel Marvel didn't Marvel didn't uh, you know kill off Iron Man and do the thing with with Captain America where he went back in time and then lived his entire life and was old. They didn't do that because they wanted to. They didn't do that because they wanted to get rid of those actors. They would have wanted to keep making movies with those actors indefinitely um, yeah. until, until they stopped being successful. I gu- I guarantee. They didn't yeah. do that because they wanted to. They left because those actors decided that they want they, their their contracts were coming up and they decided they didn't want to renew because they were done with the roles. So it's interesting that after that happens, after these actors choose to move away from the role um, and in these legacy in, in these legacies of these characters, uh, which is perfectly fine. There's nothing wrong with that. Uh but it's interesting that after they've chosen that themselves, now they're like, well, maybe I'll come back. Yeah. Well, what can you offer me? Cause maybe I'll, maybe I'll come back. And like you said, go ahead and leave. And that's actually great. If you do, if you're kind of like, you know what? I've done all I can with this character, but if you're going to leave, leave. Yeah. Just, just, just go. It's okay. You don't need to come back. We've, we've moved on. I think everyone else is like, Hey, great. Uh, what a great send off for Robert Downey Jr. and and Chris Evans. That was an awesome way to send them off. Can't wait to see all the new Marvel stuff. And then when they come back, if this is even true, you go, well, wait a minute. I just invested emotionally in you leaving and now you're coming back. Dad, stop it. Yeah. I'll tell you one thing, though. 
if I ever if I ever became Captain America or Iron Man or Doctor Who or any of these any of these like franchise characters, you're gonna have to fire me. <laughs> yeah, there's no it's there's gonna be 100. There's gonna be no like oh I've decided I'm I'm done with this role. Like you're gonna have I'm gonna be like 50 years old and being like, I, when's the new movie? Uh, that's 50 is i don't know why i don't, I don't know what to say why'd you why. do that I'm i don't know 50. why i did that i don't know why i did that i i didn't even i don't i don't think that 50 is like an old geriatric man i i, Gee, I, I hope I, not i, I, I should i don't know why i did that that was not that was not intentional i said i i said i wasn't thinking about the number that i said yeah i should have i should have said something I mean, more like 70 or 80 I mean, you're spot on too. If I was ever in a Marvel, they'll be like, "Do you want to do the next one?" Yeah. How many? How many do you need me to be in? I'll be in all of them. Yeah. And then if like, I think we're done with you being in. I think let's let's do one more. We got one more. I mean, we can do one more and just see how you long just, you can. Just you just keep. That you just train. keep trying to convince them every year. Yeah. Just be like, look, I can do some more pull-ups. Look, I can do it. Give me one more. Give me like ten minutes in the movie. It'll be fine. Yeah. yeah. You have to. From my cold, dead hand, you'd have to pull that roll away from me. Yep. Um, so, uh, speaking of Captain America, um, as as we have not really acknowledged on this episode so far, uh, something something kind of big and crazy and terrifying and concerning and horrible happened uh, since <laughs> we last did an episode. Um with the with the uh, the violent um, attempted insurrection at the state capitol, um, and uh, you know, I guess we won't get too much into that because that's not really what this show is about. But uh, you know, a lot a lot of a lot of concerning and scary things happened during that whole situation, um, and a couple things were, you know noted uh that were specifically pop culture related um a lot of the a lot of the rioters um that that stormed the capitol a lot of them were photographed and videoed uh wearing certain pop cultural iconography uh so a lot of them were wearing uh punisher logos on their shirts with punisher is a marvel character um who is a who is a sort of anti-hero vigilante um, and this, some criticism was, was drawn, um, by these, these, these people wearing this logo, but also a lot of the rioters were wearing, uh, Captain America logos and sort of makes no sense. Yeah. And sort of like trying to associate Captain America's iconography with this whole thing as if, you know, Captain America would be involved in attempting to overthrow the u.s government uh so uh in in light of that so if you don't know captain america as well as many other marvel characters was created by jack kirby who is a who is a legendary comic artist who you know he create he he created or co-created um many many characters captain america the Fantastic Four, Thor, um, he was involved in the creation of Spider-Man and tons of other of these characters. 
um and um he uh he was uh i mean first of all jack kirby was uh was a great comic book artist but he was also um he was also just i mean he was he was he was a jewish man who he was living in the in the you know the the 30s and 40s he was very much against um nazis and fascism and all these things and uh there's even like a really great story about how after the first so if you didn't if you don't know the very first issue of captain america that came out had a photo of captain america punching hitler that was like that was oh, the yeah. first that was the first issue of the of the comic that oh, was i didn't a, know that that was the introduction of him as a a mainline comic um character in starring in his own book was just this uh, iconic shot of him just uppercutting Hitler. Um, and uh, he was very much against Nazis and white supremacy and all these things. And there's a great story about how um, some some uh, some neo or some Nazi sympathizers had come to the Marvel offices and were down in the lobby uh, say, you know, saying that he should come down and fight them. And when he found out, he he marched right down into the lobby. And when they heard that he was coming, they left. They got scared and, and left. So when, <laughs> That's so, great. So when he got down, because he was also like a brawler, like he was like, a, mm. he like didn't give a fuck. Like he would just get into fights with people uh, constantly. And so he got, he stormed down the lobby and they were already gone. Um, so uh, he, uh, suffice to say, I don't think that Jack Kirby would have really been uh, into the thing that happened, nor would he be uh, into the idea of his character being associated with it. So, um, I mean, Jack Kirby's passed away, but his son released a statement um, reflecting on the usage of Captain America's insignia during the riots. Um, and uh, th uh, this, this, is the, this is the statement that, that, uh, that Jack Kirby's son released. So... Uh, he released this on social media. It's been shared a lot, but uh, this was the statement. Uh, my father, Jack Kirby, along with his partner, Joe Simon, created Captain America in 1941. Perhaps the most iconic, perhaps the most iconic symbol of patriotism since the spirit of 17, 1776. Captain America has stood as a symbol and protector of our democracy with the rule of law for the past 79 years. He was created by two Jewish guys from New York who hated Nazis and hated bullies. Captain America stood up for the underdog, and as the story was written, even before he gained his strength and prowess from army scientists, always stood for what was righteous, and never backed down. At 72, I have a fairly vivid personal memory of every political and cultural upheaval since Castro's revolution in the mid-1950s. Add to that my father's stories, and I could probably paint a picture of the battlefields of northern France surrounding the city of Metz in World War II as well. However, the events that transpired on our nation's capital on January 6th as insurrection ins uh, uh, an insurrection inspired and fomented by our own president will even will be the event that haunts me forever. While watching one of the horrific videos of the storming of the capital, though I noticed someone in a uh, Trump captain uh, wait, while watching one of the horrific videos of the storming of the capital, I thought I noticed someone in a Trump/ slash Captain America t-shirt. I was appalled and mortified. I believe I even caught a quick glance of someone with a Captain America shield. A quick Google search turned up Trump as Captain America on t-shirts, posters, even a flag. These images are disgrace, uh, disgusting and disgraceful. And just, uh, and just in case there is any ambiguity, Kirby added, 
Captain America is the absolute antithesis of Donald Trump, where Captain America is selfless, Trump is self-serving. Where Captain America fights for our country and democracy, Trump fights for personal power and autocracy. Where Captain America stands with the common man, Trump stands with the powerful and privileged. Where Captain America is, a, is courageous, Trump is a coward. Captain America and Trump couldn't be more different. My father, Jack Kirby, and Joe Simon, the creators of Captain America and World War II veterans, would be absolutely sickened by these images. These images are an insult to both their memories, both their memories. If Donald Trump had the qualities and character of Captain America, the White House would be shining, would it be a shining symbol of truth and integrity, not a festering cesspool of lies and hypocrisy. Several of our presidents held the same value as Captain America. Donald Trump is not one of them. Dunked on. Yeah, that's that's the statement by by Jack Kirby's son about the usage of the Captain America symbol and shield during the the insurrection attempt. It is fascinating, too, how you're like, hey, you idiots, you're basically Nazis. You understand that Captain America fought Nazis, right? Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, you got people wearing Captain America shields next to people wearing sweatshirts that literally say Camp Auschwitz. Yeah. And and six million wasn't enough. Yeah. Um, Could you be more tone deaf? Yeah. It's pretty, pretty, pretty sickening. Uh, I got. Yeah. I got. I got to say. Uh, well, <laughs> we're gonna have to <laughs> wait. Wait. Let's go. Go ahead. Give a transition to that. Uh, a song. Uh, fuck Nazis. Fuck Nazis. Fuck Nazis. <laughs> fuck That's all you need. Nazis. Uh, and on that note, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to do our regular segment. Can you go for that? Oops. Fuck. After these messages, we'll be right back. And we're back. And now we're going to do our regular segment where we talk about rumors and unsubstantiated stories of pop culture nostalgia. And that segment is called Can you go for that? Oh, oh, oh. Oh, can you? Oh, can you go for that? Oh, oh, oh. Oh, can you? Oh, can you go for that? Oh, can you go for that? Can you go? Can you go? Oh, this is the remix. Fuck Nazi. <laughs> nice. So, in addition to these are good. Oh yeah, man, <laughs> these are good. In addition to getting caught refusing to wear a mask into a store, uh, yeah, uh, a quote unquote error in judgment. He yeah, says. Bruce hey, Willis, Bruno the Kid himself, under the boardwalk, fucking. Seagram's golden wine, golden wine coolers. Seagram's golden wine coolers. Ah, uh, so uh, tasty. He is rumored to be returning for a final Die Hard outing. 
After 2013's A Good Day to Die Hard, which saw Bruce Willis teaming up with Jai Courtney, the character of John McClane has been missing from the action genre. Well, it appears that the icon will be returning for one final go-around with a batch of baddies. It's currently being reported that Willis has signed to star in a concluding entry to the long-running franchise that will pit the 65-year-old against another set of villains. Jesus. Um, a couple of years ago, there was a prequel in the works called McLean that would have been about a younger John working as a New York police officer, but the project was ultimately scrapped. It was based on the Boom Comics titled Die Hard Year One. The studio decided that no one want, would want to watch a different actor portray the character, and they ultimately put it to bed. The comic went to the past and told the story of a rookie John McLean in the 70s while he learned to be a cop. Today's rumor via MovieWeb and other sources say that the studio wants to revitalize the brand for a finale that will finally put his adventure to bed. This is a current trend in Hollywood as we're going to get another lethal weapon with two action stars in their 60s and 70s, and we'll also be seeing a much older Harrison Ford return for another Indiana Jones. Okay, before I make my decision, are we taking out the fact that Bruce Willis went to a CVS without a mask on. Yeah, we're, we'll 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 give a we'll give a pass on his error in judgment for this segment. Yeah. Okay. Based on that, then, oh yeah, I can go for that. I can go for this more than the weapon reboot or any other '80s old reboot. Um. Hit you with some cops. Okay. Hit me with them. Spice, pepper them on. Pepper them on. If I'm remembering correctly, the last two diehard outings were kind of trash. Oh, yeah. They were horrible. They both were pretty bad. Uh, that being said, I'm still good with another one. Let's, especially if it's like, we're going to be, we're going to end it. Yeah. So end it and have them die. Yeah. Have you get killed? <laughs> you just want you want everyone to die. That's a, that's always your cov. Your cov is always like, yes, do it. Uh, brutally murder the character at the end. I I have a darkness to me that some people don't see. Um, one more thing. Hell yeah, I want to die hard year one. Are you fucking kidding me that that hasn't happened yet? John McClane in the seventies, where he learns to be a cop inject that into my vein now maybe you should start reading comics for the first time you can read you can read die hard year one that's not gonna happen because comics are dumb <laughs> oh i you just no just stop it <laughs> but i mean john mcclain in this that sounds i mean like uh I mean, he might be even too old, but I was like, Ryan, uh, Ryan Gosling in that role? I could see that. Maybe he's a little too old right now. Something like that. Oh, yeah, my God. Yeah, John McClane in the 70s. Make yeah. that a thing. But I'm willing to give one more one more shot if, if you're going to just... <laughs> okay, here's what happens. At the end of this Die Hard, where it's the finale... McLean saves the day and he's like, keep it K, motherfucker. And he has a heart attack and dies. <laughs> Roll credits. Yeah, that would, that would be Roll pretty Roll credits, cool. gain an Oscar. <laughs>
That's what I want to see for this. But uh, on, uh, all, on all levels, I want that. Yeah, that that would that would honestly be pretty cool. I've always wanted I've always wanted to do a movie ending like that, where some random, unrelated thing ends the movie. That is just comes out of nowhere. That's that's normally not how movies end, and usually that's yeah. considered that's considered bad or lazy writing, like Deus Ex Machina or something that doesn't feel like it's been earned or whatever. But I've always, I always, the back of my mind, I've always wanted to do something like that. Yeah. I had a, I had an idea for a movie where you know the, the the actual rest of the movie doesn't matter what it is, uh, but in the movie. The vil the the villain is a is a um just happens to be a pregnant woman. She's like the leader. She's like the leader of some mafia. Uh, like she inherited a a, a crime ring from her gr her grandpa who died or something like that. And she's like a younger millennial, um, uh, like sort of like Gwyneth Paltrow esque, like natural obsessed person. And she's pregnant. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the movie, in the final moment, when they're having their standoff and she's like about to kill the, the, the main character, she goes into labor and the main character helps her go to the hospital and she has the baby and then she just decides to let it go. And then the movie ends. <laughs> yes, yes. I just I've had I've had an idea that I, I just that I would need to I would want to do something like that. So I so I'd kind of love it if yeah. <laughs> at the end of the movie John McClane just has a heart attack and dies. because uh, of all the stress. It's just too much. Yeah. It's too He's much. Like a... But <laughs> But can you go for it? I have a sim I I can go for that with some cobs, the same thing. But my oh, cobs are my yeah. cobs are slightly different. Uh, normally I would say no because the last two diehard movies are fucking awful. Uh, and like, no, like just don't do any more of these. However, there's something about the way that the franchise has just been left off on this weird, un, unresolved way where these yes, last two yes. movies are just like, they were just totally terrible it wasn't a good ending to the franchise where I kind of just want because of that, because the last two movies were so terrible and didn't properly send the franchise off. Now I just kind of want a final movie just to end it. Even if the movie's bad, I kind of just want them to just actually draw the franchise to a close. So it feels like it has some closure. Yeah. That even if it's even if it's trash or like, OK, they gave it one more time. They ended it. It's crappy. Let's move on. Yeah, that's that's why I can go for that, because yeah. it just feels like now at this point, let's just like actually draw this franchise to a close and give it some closure, because that last movie just totally left it off on this wonky, unresolved state. Yeah, it's a win win situation. Yeah. So that's that's um, why yeah. that's why I can go for that. Nice. Um. Wesley Snipes is reportedly returning for the for Demolition Man two. Uh, Sylvester Stallone has never been one shy to shy away from making sequels to his most famous movies, and is still playing both Rocky Balboa and John Rambo well into his seventies. 
While the Escape Plan series has continued on home video and The Expendables 4 is reportedly in the works too, he's also toyed with the idea of follow-ups to some of his other biggest hits like Tango and Cash and Cliffhanger without ever getting them off the ground. But yesterday brought the news that one of his popular outings will be the next to be the long-awaited sequel treatment. Uh, or we'll get the long-awaited sequel treatment. Earlier this week, Stallone announced that Demolition Man 2 was officially in the works with the next adventure from the man out of time, John, John Spartan, currently in the very early stages of development. The original didn't fare particularly well with critics, but proved to be massively popular with fans of the action genre, with many of them struggling to contain their excitement over the news. While there's no plot details available as of yet, we've now heard from our sources uh, that the current plan is to have Wesley Snipes return to play beach blonde villain Simon Phoenix. And of course, on a previous episode, we talked about the rumor that Demolition, 2 Man, De Demolition Man 2 was going to be made because Sylvester Stallone basically posted on his Instagram or something and was like, yeah. we're going to make this. I wrote the script or something like that. Whatever he said, we talked about it. That was like maybe late summer, early fall, and it feels like it was 2019 when that happened. Yep. Yep. Wow. All right. I have many things to say. So if you want to go first, go ahead. Uh, <clears throat> um, yeah, I can go for that. If they're going to make a demolition to if they're going to make a demolition man two, I don't know why I can can't say that. Uh, then yeah. of course Wesley Snipes should come back. Uh, and and honestly, I'm pretty down for a demolition man too. So yeah, I can go for that. Um. Here's the struggle. I don't know. I, I need to make a decision and I don't know. Listen, you know how I feel about Mr. Wesley Snipes. I stand Wesley Snipes. Yep. I mean, I've been in his quarter even when he decided not to pay taxes. I'm still there for the man. You stopped paying your taxes in solidarity. I did. Yeah, I just, and look, I'm fine. Mm -hmm. Everything's great. Um, but Demolition Man the first one sucked. That movie's terrible. Nope. It's so bad and dumb and stupid and nope. clunky and awkward. You're, nope. Here's the thing. You're remembering it as like a kid. No, you I've, saw it like as a kid. I saw it like when I was in my early 20s. And I was like, this is... And I was excited to see it. And I was like, this is fucking dumb. I've watched it more recently than that. It's so clunky. It's so awkward. It's great. Ugh. What's great about it? Because it's not the action's not that great, and the jokes are terrible, and everything is stiff and awkward with with Sandra Bullock and uh, um, Sly. You just don't you don't you don't understand the you don't understand the pure campy euphoria of an early '90s big budget action movie. I mean, I lived it. What are you talking about? I was there. I was knee deep in the shit. That's why you're you're too close to it. You you, you can't you can't see the bigger picture. <laughs> oh, I get what you're saying. So, yeah, the movie sucked. That being said, uh, I love Wesley Snipes. God damn! All right, because of the West, because of the love of Wesley Snipes, I'll say I can go for that. Okay, but I'll say I can go for that. But if it was, but white men can't jump to. Oh my God. I was just going to say they need to remake a white man can't jump. It's just old guys in an old league, but they're still the same guys. They still argue. They still bicker. They still talk shit on the court, except they're, they're old. Mm -hmm. 
oh, I'd pay top dollar. Also, I would pay top dollar no matter what for another Tango in cash. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, if it's one of those things where they're like, we're going to stream it only on HBO Max for you're $37. Getting, you're getting I'll, a subscription. Yeah. Yeah. Just strictly for a Tango in cash, too. That, that sure. needs to happen. For yeah. sure. But was Demolition Man based on a comic book? No. Is that an original script then? Must be. If I remember correctly, it is. I don't think it was based on anything. Okay. I mean, also, while we're here, how do you feel? I kind of, in theory, you should be like, Stallone, stop trying to fucking remake every single thing you did. Yeah, he's got no shame about that. He's like, And I like that, right? That's okay. Yeah. It's not a bad thing. I've got no problem with it. Yeah. Yeah, me too. In theory, you're like, dude, come on, just relax. But I'm like, no, no, no. If you're going to be like, hey, I want to remake it, remake everything. Go ahead and remake Escape Plan and Expendables 4 and Tango Cashy Cliffhanger. Remake everything. Let me give you some advice, though, uh, Stallone. Remake Cobra. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, guy with a matchstick in his mouth can get it. Yeah, do it all. Yeah, all do it. it all. Yeah. Uh, uh, do do a stop or my mom will shoot too. <laughs> His mom is just long dead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> do it. Do it. Do uh, a break, work with Mercer Tomei and do Oscar too. Oh, yeah. Rhinestone Cowboy too. Oh, now legit. No joke. I definitely would see that. But Dolly Parton <laughs> and Sylvester Sloan old singing again. Yeah. For sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. So that has been another edition of. Can you go for that? Oh, oh, oh. Oh, can you? Oh, can you go for that? Oh, oh, oh. Oh, can you? I could hear the guitar playing. Yeah, I couldn't really hear it. But just looking at it, just (laughs) looking at it, I knew I liked it. Yeah. Yeah. And it makes me go, why haven't you done that before? You can recognize the form. You can recognize good form. I can recognize. Yeah, I get it. And now it's time for... it's so funny to me how long the intro to this is it's so they really are just like we're milking this like you think it should kick in now yeah but they're not even close and then they're like okay here we go no here we go no and then they're like huh no we got a little more to go. It's the final story. <laughs> yeah. 
the final story. I should have listened to this song since last time. Because I still don't remember how the actual words go. So I'm just kind of making up some things so that we can talk about the final story. It's gonna be the end of the episode. But it's gonna make you overload because it's a crazy story. Actually, it's not that crazy, but sometimes it can be. But this time it's pretty low key. Oh, yeah. But it's still... It's still the final story. You timed that quite well. Yeah. Here's the thing with the final countdown. The intro is too long, it's but the so rest long. of the song sucks, and the <laughs> intro is the best part. Yeah, <laughs> it's weird. The whole rest of that song, no one needs to hear. You just want the intro, but that intro is so long. You're like, God damn it, can we get to it? But you don't want to get to it because the rest of the song sucks. Yeah, it's the snake eating its own tail. Oh, well said. So actually. Your singing with it was fine because it's better than what the original was. Yeah, I honestly, I don't remember how the actual like verse of the song goes. Nor I. And I was around when it was huge. I have no recollection, only the intro. And I was like, the last time I was like, oh, I'll just listen to the song before next time. And I just didn't. I, you, now you can't. Yeah. I forbid you. You <laughs> will not just, listen to it. I have to go with my fictional made up version of how the verse sounds. Yes. Every time. <laughs> Um, so, uh, in a new, in a, in a new memoir, what is it? Some, some book or something that came out, it's been revealed that, uh, back when the Xbox was about to, before the Xbox launched the first Xbox, um, and Microsoft was trying to get into developing a console and get into the video game market. They, they offered to buy Nintendo. And they said, and this this former ex, this former Microsoft executive said that Nintendo literally laughed them out of the boardroom. So uh, Microsoft once proposed buying Nintendo in order to lock in its first party games for the Xbox. The Japanese video game company didn't just decline to entertain the offer; it laughed the tech giant's executives out of the room. Uh, Steve uh, Ballmer, uh, Microsoft former CEO. Uh, made us go meet the Nintendo. Made us go meet with Nintendo to see if they would consider being acquired. Kevin Botches, Microsoft's former director of third-party relations for Xbox, said in an oral history on the creation of the Xbox, "They just laughed our, their asses off. Like imagine an hour of somebody just laughing at you. That's that was kind of how that meeting went. Microsoft went reached out to a bunch of companies with acquisition offers back when it was first getting the Xbox off the ground." The oral history explains. These included Electronic Arts, Midway Games, and Square prior to its merger with Enix. EA declined. In Final Fantasy uh, developer Square's case, the offer was too low. Um, then there was Nintendo, whose beloved series like Super Mario Brothers, The Legend of Zelda, Microsoft would thought would combine well with what it was considered to be the Xbox's comp- superior hardware. 
We actually had Nintendo in our building in January of 2000 to work through the details of a joint venture where we gave them all the technical specs of the Xbox. Bob McBreen, then head of Xbox business development, told Bloomberg, the pitch was their hardware stunk and compared to, compared to Sony PlayStation, it did. So the idea was, listen, you're much better at the game portion of it with Mario and all that stuff. Why don't you let us take care of the hardware? But it didn't work out. Uh, so yeah, they, there, there's a, there's a, there's an alternate reality where Microsoft bought Nintendo in the early two thousands, and we just have two consoles, the PlayStation and the Xbox, and the Xbox has all of the Mario and Donkey Kong and Legend of Zelda games and all that on it. I'm so confused. <laughs> So I'm trying to figure this out. So what's Nintendo's hardware now? The Switch. Oh, okay. What was Nintendo's hardware in the 2000s? Yeah, so in the so basically we've 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 talked about this before on previous episodes because we covered the uh the auction of the Nintendo PlayStation. Yes. prototype, but uh, Nintendo at one point dominated the home console market with the the NES and the Super Nintendo. Yes. And then, and then in the in the mid to late nineties, they were developing a disc based console uh, to be their follow up to the Super Nintendo, and because they didn't have any experience with developing disc based uh, hardware, they partnered with Sony, who at the time did not make video game consoles. They just made, you know, uh, CD players and, and CD-ROM drives and stereo systems and all these things, but they had the experience with working with CD-ROM um, based hardware. So they partnered and then at the last minute, they decided to cancel the partnership and scrap the Nintendo PlayStation, which was the console that they were developing, and instead go back to a cartridge-based system with the Nintendo 64. Ah, uh, so now this is coming together. With the knowledge that they had gained about developing video game consoles from working with Nintendo, Sony went on and said, we're just going to make the PlayStation ourselves and release it ourselves. So the, the Sony PlayStation came out around the time of the Nintendo 64. And basically what ended up happening was the PlayStation just dominated the the Nintendo 64 and as nostalgic as a lot of people are for the Nintendo 64 it was actually kind of a failure um sales wise it didn't do very well uh and the PlayStation outsold it majorly um and so the next console that they released uh the that both companies released um was for Sony it was the PlayStation 2 and for Nintendo, it was the Nintendo GameCube. And oh, yeah. My friend had the GameCube. Yeah, okay. The GameCube was another financial failure. It did not sell well. And the PlayStation 2 is the highest selling video game console of all time to this day. Um, so, and then after, so for a while, Nintendo was kind of floundering. They, they, they had, they had a solid like decade where they just, got completely ousted from the top spot of uh, 
dominating the video game market. And they also just kind of were, they just weren't doing well. They, their, their, their systems were not selling well. The only, their saving grace was the, the, the Game Boy Advance and the Nintendo DS. They still had the handheld, uh, market capitalized and, the DS and the game and the Game Boy Advance probably saved them financially throughout those years. Um, and it wasn't until the Nintendo Switch. Oh, oh, and then the Wii, the Wii came out. I forgot about the Wii. The, yeah, the, we Wii, have a Wii. the Wii came out after the GameCube and it was their first big financial hit in a long time. So the Wii then became this huge hit and did very well. But then they came out with the Wii U which was a major failure. And then the Switch came out, which once again was a success. And um, they're currently riding high. Uh, but but yeah, the, the, at the time that this whole thing happened, they were not necessarily doing very well. So then this whole story is Nintendo taking a chance of being kind of cocky by laughing at them. Yeah, I mean, the, 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 the idea behind the laughter, I think, is... Um, you know, you want to give us a one-time payday to sell you an asset that we can make millions and billions of dollars on for the foreseeable future. It's tra- mm. Trading in a trading in a, an asset that you can make money off of forever for just a, a one-time big payday. So I think I think the idea was even if they weren't doing necessarily very well at the time, uh, and maybe if they were being a little cocky. They were basically saying, fuck, no, we're not going to sell you our our fucking nest egg. Yeah. For, for a payoff, even if it's a lot of money. And thank God that they didn't. Here's yeah. my other question. What the fuck is Square and who is Square to say an offer is too low? I've literally never heard of Square. Oh, well, Square Squaresoft, Squaresoft is a video game publisher and developer that made that makes the Final Fantasy games. See, I know uh, Final Fantasy, but like I would know nothing else of their catalog then. Yeah, I mean that's the biggest thing that they have. Um, okay, but uh, and then they, and then in the early two thousands they merged with a different video game company called called Enix, and now they're called now their company is called Square Enix, and um, they release Final Fantasy as well as the Dragon Quest games. Oh, so, okay. So they're okay. they're just they're one of the biggest most they're one of the, just they're one of the biggest video game publishers ever. Oh, so they worked. They worked out for them too, then. Yeah. Well, so basically, screw you, Microsoft, and your low-balling uh, offers. Yeah. And your stupid ways. Oh. Exactly. Oh, then I like the story. Now I get it. <laughs> I'm glad I could help you f- navigate that. Seriously, you're saying this, and I was like, "What's going on? I don't understand. What's this? Why is this news?" But now that is interesting. And now you get it. I, I understand. And uh, and on that note, that's that's it. Uh, thank you for listening. If you like the show and you haven't done so already, feel free to subscribe. If you have a friend you think might enjoy the show, share it with them. Uh, if you want to keep up to date with the things that we're doing on the podcast, as well as all the nostalgic content we share on a daily basis, you can follow us on the official Nostalgia Facebook page. Just search Nostalgia on Facebook, and that's us with a blue check mark next to our name. You can follow us on Instagram at Nostalgia. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, or anything that you might want to be read on the show, you can email us at nostalgicastpod at gmail.com. Stay safe, stay healthy. Thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs>